John chapter number 11, let's stand in reverence of reading of the scriptures. John chapter number 11 and verse number 32. The Bible says, then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself, coming to the grave, it was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, for I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. When he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound head and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, I love these words, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. We recognize the account in John chapter number 11. is a man by the name of Lazarus who Jesus had spent some time with. Not only with Lazarus, but his sisters, Martha and Mary. Jesus was there for a short period of time and then the Bible says that he left. And while Jesus was gone... We read in this scripture where a man by the name of Lazarus died. They sent for Jesus. They sent for Jesus. And now Jesus has come. I want to preach this morning on this thought. The hearts, the hearts that are broken. The hearts that are broken. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for the privilege to be here today. We thank you for each and every one that is gathered in this place, visitors and members alike. We thank you for every young person, for every child, for every family, for every senior adult. God, we do not want to miss not one person because we recognize that everyone is precious in your sight, dear Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help me for the next few minutes of time as I stand to preach. Fill me with your spirit. Speak to us through your word. And we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And thank you for being here. And thank you so much for standing. When I begin to study these verses, 
I started in verse number one, of course, and read through chapter number 11. And then I started over again, verse number one, read through the whole chapter, chapter number 11. The Lord began to deal with me. There were some words that stuck out to me as I was reading through this chapter. Never had really spent a whole lot of time or attention on these words. But I noticed when these women come to Jesus, it said that Jesus was troubled and he groaned in his spirit. And then I read one of the shortest verses in the Bible where it says that Jesus wept. And then I read on down again and it said that Jesus was troubled. And I began to think about those thoughts about Jesus being troubled. And I began to think about these ladies whose brother had died and all that surrounded this whole situation. And I pray that the Lord will help you the way that he helped me. I want to draw your attention back to verse number 32 again. And let's look at the broken heart. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. Can I say to you, according to the word of God in chapter number 11, verse number two, this was not the first time that Mary had ever come and sat at Jesus' feet. When I begin to study and look about this woman by the name of Mary, can I say to you that we can learn a lot in this one simple verse, just simply by reading what the Word of God says. I have no idea what people deal with. I do know this. I know there is some heavy hearts in our service and in our church family. I know Sister Haney has had a brother this week that was in ICU. And he passed. I know, no doubt, the Haney family has a broken heart today. I know there's other families in our church that are dealing with sicknesses, separation, hard things that is going on right now in your families. I know that. There's no doubt so many people are dealing with a broken heart. And then there's others that I have no idea what you're going through. You would probably never say, But I would say to you and I would submit to you this morning that if you're dealing with something in your life, let's learn what Mary did. First, it simply says she just went to Jesus. Amen. It said she just went to where Jesus was and she saw him. And when she saw Jesus, the Bible says that she fell down at Jesus' feet. Let us be reminded that in Luke chapter number 10, we see this same Mary that is sitting at Jesus' feet. And we see her sister by the name of Martha. You'll remember her. She was the one that was so aggravated because she was running around, the Bible says, cumbered about with much serving. And she was so aggravated at her sister because all she wanted to do was sit at Jesus' feet. Can I say to you that if you'll sit at Jesus' feet in time of rejoicing, it'll be a lot easier to sit at Jesus' feet in times of weeping. Did you hear that? She just didn't sit at Jesus' feet when things was going bad. This woman by the name of Mary, by the testimony in the chapter that you could read in verse number two, she not only sat at Jesus' feet when things was going bad, she also sat at Jesus' feet when things was going good. I never will forget when my pastor told me this one time. He said, Brother Keith, he said, there's gonna be some days ahead 
where your children are going to need prayer. There's going to be some days ahead where your wife will need prayer. There's going to be some days ahead where you might receive a phone call that's going to change your life forever. He said, young man, if I could tell you anything, he said, please listen to me. He said, you do not want to wait to get right with God when everything's flying apart. Before you go pray with your wife or one of your children, he said, I would tell you, he said, if I was you, I would stay right with God every single day, amen? I'd spend time at Jesus' feet when things is going good. I'd spend time at Jesus' feet when you're walking on the mountaintop. I'd spend time at Jesus' feet when the sun's shining so that when you're in the valley or when you're in the dark place or when you're in a hard place, you'll have no trouble going back and spending time at Jesus' feet. Are you with me this morning? If you're here and you're dealing with something in your life, the best thing that you could do is get out of your pew, spiritually speaking, come to this altar and bow on your knees and just call on the name of Jesus, amen, and spend some time at his feet. I'm looking across this congregation. I see a friend of mine that I've just met recently by the name of Joe sitting right here behind my wife. And I was thinking how serious it is when you get a phone call, Pastor Keith, pray for my family. Pastor Keith, my father has had a stroke. And I just went to the hospital just this week on a Wednesday and sit and prayed with this man and his sweet wife. Guess what? I seen them come walking in this morning. I got cold chills all over me. I begin to think, boy, isn't it good to know that Jesus hears and answers prayers? Amen? God's been good to us and we need to thank Him for it. And if you're here and you're dealing with something in your life, don't ever forget, you can always go and get at the feet of Jesus. And this is where this woman is with the situation that is going on with her brother. But I want to point out something to you. I want you to notice with me, if you will, in verse number 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I want to throw this in, and then I want to get back to the verse ahead of it. So many times in our lives, we're hindered by what everyone else is doing. But you know what I noticed about this woman by the name of Mary? She didn't care how many of her friends was there. She didn't care how big the crowd was. And she didn't care what anyone else was doing. If she was the only one, and I believe according to the scripture that we're reading, she was the only one, she still went and bowed at Jesus' feet. It didn't matter to her if anyone else bowed. Can I say to you, if you need to testify, you testify whether anyone else testifies or not. If you need to come to an altar, you come to an altar and pray whether anyone else comes to an altar or not. If you need to worship the Lord, you go ahead and worship the Lord whether anyone else is worshiping or not. Because we're not doing it for anyone else. The only reason that we're doing it is because we need to spend some time with the Lord. And if you're here today, at the end of the service when we make the altar call, or even before then, if you need to come to the altar, don't look around to see if anyone else is coming you just do exactly what you need to do between you and Jesus this morning and everybody else is going to be alright amen but I noticed this woman she's spending time at Jesus' feet but I want to point out something to you 
And I hope this helps you as much as it helped me. We notice that in verse number 32, after she had got at Jesus' feet, she called him Lord. She called him Lord. And we realize that by her calling him Lord, that means you are supreme. You are in authority. You are God. And when I noticed that she called him Lord, the next thing that she says is, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And I noticed that her sister said the same thing to Jesus in verse number 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When I first read this verse, I thought to myself, was she kindly getting on Jesus a little bit? Was she kindly aggravated with Jesus? Was she saying, Jesus, <laughs> you was here and our brother was sick and then you left. And if you'd have just stayed with us, Lord, my brother wouldn't have died. I have no idea the, the context of how she said it, but she is concerned that Jesus was not there. But I want to point out something to you that I hope will encourage you the way that it encouraged me. Verse number 33. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I have not read where Jesus said, Hey, lady, calm down a little bit. I didn't read where Jesus said, There's no need for you to question and try to figure out where I've been. Did you know that I noticed that this woman's tears far outspoke this woman's words. Did you hear that? This woman's tears drew more attention to Jesus than what she said to Jesus. Because it did not say in the next verse that Jesus heard her words. It said that Jesus saw her weeping. It helped me, and I'm going to tell you why it helped me. Because there was a time about seven or eight years ago when my wife was diagnosed with cancer. And during that time, our hearts was broken. And during that time, I was trying my best to figure out, God, what are you trying to do and what are you trying to show us? And I can remember one night in particular, and I've told the church family this before. I went walking out in the driveway and I remember I was looking up into the heavens and I said, God, help me. What are you doing? What are you trying to show us? God, I can't figure out what's going on. Lord, why are you doing this to us? And you're sitting here this morning and you might say, I can't believe a pastor would talk to his heavenly father that way. I was not actually really mad I just couldn't figure out what God was trying to do and I ain't gonna lie to you I was hurting and when I read this it was just as if the Lord reminded me you know what you do not have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities and he reminded me, you know what, just that day as you were standing in that driveway and you was trying to figure out what was going on in your life, the Lord reminded me the reason that I not, did not rebuke you standing in that driveway that night is because your tears far 
outsounded your words. Your tears far outspoke your words. And I'm telling you, if, you've, if you're here this morning and there's ever been a time in your life where your heart has been broken and your life feels like it's falling apart, there will be some things that we say because we cannot know and we cannot figure out what to say. But can I say to you, Jesus Christ, He sees and He knows and He understands every broken heart and He knows every tear that has ever fallen out of your and my eyes. He cares this morning. He cares. When I read this word weeping, it's an interesting word in the Greek. It's, it's kleio. That word means to wail aloud. It don't mean that this woman and these women were standing there and shedding a tear. It means that these women was crying and they was crying uncontrollably and they was crying out loud and they was, they was hurting because of the reason they was hurting so bad was they had a broken heart. If you've ever been there before, say amen. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. I thought I had everything under control when my dad was sick. I thought I had it all worked out in my mind. My relationship with my father was not the greatest. I knew he loved me and I loved him, but we never really spent a whole lot of time together, never really talked a whole lot. I'd call him on occasions or he'd call me. When I found out that they had called hospice in, me and my wife went to see my dad. I walked in, no hard feelings. Nothing, all of that had been taken care of in altars. And I walked in and I never will forget it. I said this to my dad. I said, Dad, I want to let you know that I love you. And I want to let you know that I thank you for being my dad. And I want to let you know that, that I'm praying for you, but I want to ask you one more time before I walk out of this house. I said, Dad, do you know that you know that you know? Are you 100% sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior? And my dad looked at me and he said, Son, I've asked the Lord to save me, and I have confidence that I'm going to heaven. I felt like that day that I'd done everything that I needed to do. I got in the car with my wife. My wife told my dad that she loved him. We got in the car and was headed back to the house. And I had the best peace that I could ever have. It was, it was amazing, the peace of God that I had in my life. Until I got that phone call. And when I got that phone call, it was like 30 years of stuff come flooding back into my soul. And I can honestly say, as a grown man, this year, 54 years old, I felt my heart. There was so much pain in my chest. It felt like, honestly, Brother Grace, it felt like my heart broke. And I sit there on the couch with my wife and with my daughter, and I cried. I'm not talking about a tear coming out of my eyes. I'm talking about church. I wept like I had never wept before in my life. I couldn't stop. I was crying out to God. I was like, God, it ain't supposed to be this way, is it? I looked at my family. I said, I can't figure out what's going on with me. I thought I had everything settled. I thought everything was good. 
And I sit there that night on my couch. And at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., I finally went to bed that night. When I read this text, it was like the Lord reminded me. He said, you know the night you were so broken? He said, your, your tears and your brokenness overrode every word that come out of your mouth that night. How many of you are thankful that God knows and understands our brokenness? Listen to me, child of God. God knows and God understands your brokenness. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm preaching to somebody. God knows and he understands your brokenness. But I noticed something in this verse. And I'm going to move on and we'll close. It said that when, when Mary came to him and these Jews also, they was weeping the same way. They came with her. It said he, speaking of Jesus, groaned in the spirit and was troubled. In my mind, I'm thinking... Jesus was broken the way they was broken. But when I studied these two words in the Greek, it's interesting. That word groaned in his spirit and that word troubled means to snort like as anger. It means to agitate and to roll as water. And I had to stop for a long time and pray and say, Lord, what are you trying to show me here? This Women are broken. Her friends are broken. Their brother is, is dead. And, and you are agitated. You are, are troubled in your spirit. And you're groaning on the inside. And this is the answer I believe God gave me. Don't ever forget that Jesus Christ is 100% God. And he's also 100% man. And the Lord reminded me of this. Not many days from this, Jesus was fixing to go to an old rugged cross. And he was fixing to die on that cross. And Brother Joe, you know what he was going to die for? The sins of the world. And the Lord reminded me this, Brother Dean, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Lord reminded me, while these ladies was weeping over their brother, I can just see the very Son of God realizing that what causes death is sin. Never thought about it like that. What causes death is sin. Jesus Christ knowing it was not going to be too many more days till he was going to pay our sin debt on a cross on Calvary, amen. And so many times I've had people say this, why did this happen? Why does this happen? Does God not care? Oh yeah, he cares. I'm going to tell you how much he cares. God cares so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross at Calvary for a bunch of old sinners like you and I. Don't ever say we're going through this and God don't care. God cares. God cares so much for God so loved the world. He cares. He even cares so much that when these folks are so broken, 
He is so bothered because he knows because of sin, people die. Are you with me this morning? We see that he is 100% God, but oh, we see he's 100% man because we see the brokenness, not only of these ladies, but we see the brokenness of Jesus in verses 34, 35, and 36. Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. How he loved him. Jesus shows us a lot about himself right here. Jesus shows himself as a friend. Jesus shows himself as God. Jesus reminds us of Romans 12, 15, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Hebrews 4, 15, I just quoted it. He is, he is touched with life. He is touched with our life because he knows what it means. And I want to say this. Tears don't show weakness. Tears in this situation shows a tender heart. And so many times we need to be reminded, you know what's the opposite of a tender heart? A hard heart. And we're living in a world where people's hearts are hard. We're living in a world where people's hearts are wicked. And it's growing more and more wicked every single day. If there's anything that you need to pray this morning, you need to pray that God would soften your heart so that you could care what other people is dealing with. So that when they cry, you can cry. When they rejoice, you can rejoice. When they're excited, you can be excited. And when they're in the altar, you want to run and get in the altar with them because you care about what your brothers and sisters are dealing with in life. Lord, break our hearts for the things that breaks yours. And God, help us to see things in the light of how you see them. And help us to understand what we need to understand. Miss Gina, if you'd come to the piano, I want to close with this last thought. I believe the whole key to all of this account in John chapter number 11 hinges on one verse. I want you to look with me, if you will, at verse number 40. I want to point out a couple of words here, and we'll be finished. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest, what's that next word? Believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. If thou would just believe, you will see the glory of God. I want you to look with me. If you got your Bible still open, say amen. Look at verse 25 with me. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection in the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that, say it out loud, believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Look at verse number 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Look at verse number 27. She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which had come into the world. Look at verse number uh, 40. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Look at verse number 42. And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And look at verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary 
had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. You know why all of this was written? You know why all of this was written? So that you would believe. So that I would believe. What does that word believe mean? Listen to what it means. To have faith in. To have faith in a person. To entrust your spiritual well-being to. It means a believer. It means to trust. But it goes on with this definition. Trust Christ for salvation. And then it gives in parentheses of the definition, the gospel truth. That's what it means. Every single instance where the word believe, believeth, or believed all uses the same word. It's to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. To believe Him for salvation and to trust Him as Lord of your life. I don't know what you're going through. I have no idea. I don't know how much you've wept. I don't know how much you've cried. And I don't know how much you've called out to God. But I'll say this. The Lord knows what you're dealing with. The Lord saw her weeping. And the Lord cared about everything she was dealing with. Even when she began to complain. He said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Your tears far out. Your tears far out sound your words. Where is he? Take us to where he lays. And they took him to where he was. And the Bible says that Jesus wept. And he cried out and he said, Lazarus, come forth. And here he comes. You say, preacher, what are you trying to tell us? One day, George... Because of our belief in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did for us at Calvary, calling on him to be our Savior and Lord, one day, me and you, my brother, we will see the glory of God. (laughs) It ain't going to be long. Are you with me? One day we will truly see the glory of God. We'll get to see him for really who he is. There's one person in this church who I've never seen their heart broken the way this one person's heart was broken. And it was my wife. When we got the phone call about her father, I've never to this day seen anyone that broken. But one day, honey, (laughs) one day, One day, Brother Dean, one day. One day, back row girls, one day. We will get to see the glory of God. (laughs) Are you with me? And when we do, what'd you say, George? What a day that will be. I'm getting to know a gentleman Somehow God's hooked our hearts up together. And I got to see this gentleman this weekend, and he's here in this service. 
I would never call his name and I would never embarrass him. But I could tell when I seen this individual by the look on his face, man, he was dealing with who knows what. Friday night, I was sitting on a wall. Sitting on a wall at a football game. And this fellow come walking by. He's here this morning. I said, sit down here with me for a minute. And while we were sitting there, we got to talk about all the good things of God. The blessings of the Lord, Tim. I looked up at this dear friend of mine, and boy, he got tears in his eyes. He's trying to blink him. You know how us men do. If I blink enough, his tears will go away. And we sit there and we figured something out, Brian. You know what we figured out? There's a lot of things in life that's got us all kicked sideways. But one day when we look back on all this mess, <laughs> we're going to realize a lot of that stuff wasn't near as big as we thought it was. Because God's been good to us. God's blessed us. God's done some big things in our lives. And he said, if you would just believe, he said, you will see the glory of God. Let's stand together all over the building. We've got some that's already in the altar. And maybe others that might need to come. Grab that person's hand standing beside you and say, you know what, I've been going through a lot. I've been dealing with a lot. There's a lot on me right now. I need you to go with me. Let's just go up here and spiritually let's just spend some time at Jesus' feet. Got a lot going on. Let's just go up here this morning spiritually and let's just spend some time at Jesus' feet. Because He's the only one that can help us. No one else can. Just need to go spend some time at Jesus' feet. This life, man, throws us so many things. Throws us so many hard situations. And I know there's been times where you've said, God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? Don't let the devil tell you that God's mad at you. Always remember your tears. He hears a lot louder than our words. He knows everything that's going on in our life. He knows everything that we need. Just find yourself this morning at His feet. Find yourself this morning at His feet and don't worry about anyone else in the building. Find yourself at Jesus' feet. And you stay there as long as you need to stay and you pray as long as you need to pray.